I want to say before we start this episode that this is Jim Vest's last episode for now. Jim, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this show and sharing your your love and your time and your experience and your stories. We hope to see you soon after all this is over. This is the Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, or a rap song turned acoustic cover. If you're a real projector, maybe one of my three original albums as well. Regardless of how you know me now, my whole career actually started with a podcast years ago, before everybody had one and back when podcasts got no respect at all. Times have changed a little, and this is me coming back to my roots in a way. And this time, I'm bringing some friends along with me, like my co-host Jim Best, country music hall of fame steel guitar player and producer. He's a good one. Played on a bunch of legendary country music songs that you probably know, probably heard them. If you don't know either of us, thanks for tuning in anyway. I bet you'll love it. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. Thank you so much, Road. We love you. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Let's chat. He's a man that's written songs for some of the biggest artists that you've definitely heard of. People like John Anderson, Lacey Dalton, and Blake Shelton, just to name a few. He's a hit songwriting man, and he's a good friend of Jim Vest, and that makes him a friend of mine. I never even met him. Welcome to the show, Mark Sherrill. How you doing? Thank you very much. I'm doing pretty good today. We start every show off with a fast five. We ask five quick questions, and we try to get five quick answers, but usually... They're not that quick, but we'll see how quick you are with it. All right, let's go. Favorite cartoon? Uh, uh, Roadrunner. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like the car. Favorite car? Sure. I like a Mercedes. I like a Mercedes. Mercedes Benz. Is that what you drive? I got one, yeah. But I drive my GMC truck. Nice. What you? Who's your favorite songwriter besides yourself? Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Chris Christopherson. Good choice. Great. Yeah. He, he wrote one of my favorite songs, uh, Why Me, Lord. He wrote a lot of my favorite ones, but that's some good one right there. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the nicest person you've ever met besides Jim Vest? My sister, Diane Sherrill. <laughs> nice. Good choice, son. Yeah. And the last one, your favorite ice cream? Chocolate. Double chocolate, triple chocolate, all the chocolate I can get. I kind of, I kind of heard that in your voice that you was a chocolate man. Yeah, I love it. How did you meet uh, our good friend Jim Vest here, anyway? Well, <clears throat> I was a young man, and I, I just got to Nashville. I believe it was about nineteen seventy one or something. And uh, he had the Nashville Cats working, and they, they were playing with a. Uh, uh, Diane Sherrill and Sandy Rucker, they were uh, at the bar there at, uh, at the Western Room, I believe it was. Yeah. Stage behind the bar. And I met all those guys there, and I used to go, and I wasn't really old enough to get in there. And they'd sneak me, old Bobby Ray, he'd sneak me over there where they hung the coats up in case uh, in case uh, the ABC man ever come in, they'd just throw a coat over my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I... That's how I met Big Jim and uh, the rest of the Nashville Cats, and that's where I got my education at Printers Alley U. So, are you kin to Billy Sherrill? Billy Billy Sherrill and I are 
are double second cousins. You know how you get that? That's when brothers marry sisters. My my granddaddy and and Billy's daddy were brothers, and my grandmother and Billy's mothers were sisters. So my daddy and uh, Billy was double first cousins, and we're double second cousins. Wow. If it'd be messing around, I'd be my own grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> you from Arkansas? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm from, and Jim always talks about us our inbreeding over there. So, sounds like you. Uh, is your state flower still the satellite dish over there? It is. <laughs> it moved from the big one to the small one, though. They changed it. Okay. From the big from the big satellite dish to the small satellite dish. Yeah, yeah. How many songs have you written? That you can you think of how many songs you that have actually uh, been cut? You know, I I was talking to my my beautiful fiance Sharon the other day uh, about it. I, I think through the years, I'm talking about from uh, 1973 or four to now, I must have probably 3,000 songs. Wow. But, I, but, but uh, and then a couple of years ago, I did a, a count up on how many I had recorded. Now this, this, this includes, uh, you know, what they call independent artists and everything. And some that came out and some that didn't. I got about uh, a little bit over 300 recorded songs. And uh, so I don't know, what is that? Five or 10% or something like that? Yeah, that'd be 10% that you've got cut is what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <clears throat> Have you had any, uh, any number ones? I think Old Red went number one, didn't it? Old Red did not go number one. Uh, I was... Uh, I'll tell this to many people because everybody thinks it did. Uh, Warner Brothers Records did not want that record to come out. If it hadn't been for Blake Shelton uh, standing up for his guns and uh, uh, sticking to it, they, they wouldn't have put that record out. So they said that nobody wants to hear a song about two dogs getting it on. Hmm. Well, guess what? They did. <laughs> <laughs> I sure listen to it a lot. Yeah. So what happened was <clears throat> it got up to number nine. But the amazing thing about it is it stayed in the top 20 for 43 weeks. Wow. Now, as long as you're in that top 20, you're in a bonus system with, with BMI. And uh, <clears throat> so it it didn't ever go. You know, there's a lot of records that go number one. And then the next week they're gone, and I'm sure they they make good money by doing that. But uh, the fact that it stayed in the up in the top twenty for that long, it was a it was a fine uh, thing. It turned out to be a it turned out to be a blessing in disguise, really. So uh, no, it didn't go number one, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I mean, like I say all the time, even having one in the top ten is amazing and in top 20 is amazing just having a song chart nowadays is pretty cool oh yeah right. man yeah there's so many different i got a song out with a a fellow his name is chris moreau and he's on these uh he's on he's in these a lot of these secondary markets in texas and louisiana and all that and i see it all over the place but i don't know uh i don't know how it's gonna work you know uh i uh, with uh, what they call the, the uh, 
I know the downloads are good. What I'm trying to think of all this internet stuff. Anyway, I'm I'm curious to see it's it's the it's the best record I've had out that's gonna make racket that's probably not gonna be in the billboard chart. So I'm anxious to see what that does money wise. It's it's a good record. It's called Born on a Honky Tonk Night. Nice. Who who's cutting it? His name is Chris Moreau. Chris and, Moreau. Yeah. I don't know if if Jim played still on that or not, but it went number one. Did you play on that? Uh, which which one? What was it called? This with Joe Stampley. No, I didn't. I, I did it a thousand times with him live, but I didn't play the session. Yeah, yeah. You know, I put that after the Nashville Cats. I put together a group called the Tennessee Fat Cats. And, right. And we went to and Joe asked us we'd do a few dates with him. Fell in love with us. And we did almost 12 years with Joe. Joe Stampley is one of the best guys in the world to work with, be around. His music's fun, and he's fun. And uh, we really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. I love Joe. He recorded several of my songs through the years, Dear Woman and uh, Dallas Alice and uh, a whole whole uh, a lot of album cuts, you know. I see Joe from time to time. I think the last time I saw him was with you, and it was your birthday a few years ago. Yeah, at John Ray's. Yeah, um, matter of fact, that's getting to happen uh, in fifteen days. It'll happen again. Oh, well, good. I'll have to come up there and check it out. Hey, <laughs> this old boy, his name is, is Chris M O R E A U Moreau. It's a Louisiana name. M O R E A U. Y'all go download it. I need some money. <laughs> <laughs> what was your uh, What was your first break in songwriting? My first break. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of her. Her name. I I, I can't remember. Y- y'all remember? Uh, Helen Reddy had a song called uh, "I Have Woman." I think it was. Well, there was a country girl that recorded for uh, Capitol, and she covered that record. And uh, I can't remember her name, but I had a song called uh, Love Makes a Woman Feel Good that she recorded for Capitol. That was the first song I ever had recorded. And uh, uh, I didn't really know a whole lot about songwriting. I went up there and... And down in Alabama where I lived, I had a rock and roll band. I, I played bass and sang, you know. I uh, I sang at some Grand Funk Railroad and some uh, uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, But when I, I, I was pretty damn good in Alexander City, Alabama. But when I got to Nashville, I was just one more, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you did good in Nashville, son. I, I did. I got to... You know, uh, I got real lucky because I got to meet people like Jim Best right off the bat and Al Gallico and uh, Nora Wilson's and uh, the Sonny Throckmorton's. I got hooked up with the right people right off the bat. Oh, and I didn't, realize, I didn't realize how important that was until I seen some people who didn't get hooked up with the right people right off the bat. It cost them years on their careers as far as getting things going. So thank the Lord for that. Now these, now these songs you wrote, did you write them with these artists in mind or did you write them and, and just hope somebody and then just start pitching them? Well, we, a lot of times we had, uh, back in the day, 
you know, we would know that uh, our artist was coming in. Let's just say, uh, I can remember one, for instance, when George and Tammy was married, their schedule was such that they uh, they were coming in to record. <clears throat> they were going to record an a album on George Jones, an album on Tammy, <clears throat> a country duet album with George and Tammy, and a gospel duet album with George and Tammy. So that was a, a minimum of 40 songs that they were going to need. So we went into a writing frenzy, so to speak. Carmel Taylor and uh, Peanut Montgomery and all them boys from uh, North Alabama. And uh, and uh, <clears throat> uh, so we started, we 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 knew then what we were going to have to do. It was just a, it's just a matter of sitting down and doing it, you know. And it was a crazy time because not only was our company writing songs for it, Tree was was writing, you know, that was Curly Putnam and Bobby Braddock and Sonny Throckmorton and all them boys. He's in there. <clears throat> it was a big old party, really, because uh, you'd meet at the time at Columbia Records. Billy Sherrill's office was upstairs. He was the producer. And you'd, uh, you'd have to start downstairs, you know, in the lobby, and you work your way up to the, to the, to the second level of the steps. The steps are about eight to ten steps, and they had a little platform, and apparently went up another eight to ten steps. So you you work your way up into to Billy's office, and sometimes it take all day. <clears throat> but uh, why did we uh, mean? What do you mean work your way up into Billy's office? Because everybody was there pitching songs, you know. Just a line. I mean, there uh, was a line all the way down the stairs. That's what you're saying. A line down the stairs, hell out the door, around the corner. <laughs> wow! And I'm talking yeah. big writers too now. What his yeah, name is, Big Country Writers. Hmm. I, I just mentioned them, you know, yeah. uh, Bobby Bryant and Curly Putnam and uh, sure. all them guys. And, uh, and uh, uh, those uh, uh, those guys that wrote for, uh, I, I'm getting old, I can't remember everybody's names anymore, but uh, Foster and Rice, remember them? Oh, yeah. Foster and Jerry Rice, and they were there pitching. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just like a, uh, it was crazy. It was so much fun, though. It was so much fun, and I'm sure that Jim played on the on some. Matter of fact, Jim and Jim and David Chamberlain was up in there pitching songs too. You know. Yeah, I had an edge on it though. You know, we was writing for 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 Billy and and uh, Gallico too, and hell, yeah. we'd write something one week, and the next week it was cut. I'd no, sing. I'd sing it to Billy over the steel guitar, just playing every other chord. And I remember yeah. one, I got cut with Tammy, and I, I was trying to play and sing, too. And then when it come time to do a little turnaround, I just hummed it. And you know when he cut that on Tammy? He had the Jordan Ayers hummed the damn turnaround exactly the way I, I did when I played it uh, in I'll the studio. Gone. Yeah, he had come out after we'd get through playing. What you got, Jimbo? Anything new? And just tickled me to death. Yeah. That was a good old days. You didn't have a – you didn't. You really didn't even – I uh, have to go demo a song, you know. You just take take, take your guitar with you and play it. Yeah. And say if they like it, they say go down there to the engineer and put me a little tape down on it. I'll come to the session and play it. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, that don't that don't happen no more. I, I don't reckon. No, it sure doesn't. It really doesn't. Do you and Blake still have a good close relationship? We do, uh, but that's the only time I see him. Anymore is when they open up a an old red bar and grill, 
and they're, they're about to open up another one. This will be the fourth one. It's going to be in Orlando, April the 13th, and it's the first one they built from the ground up. Jim, guess what? They spent $100 million building this club. Well, that's going to be sweet for you, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what kind of what kind of percentage do you get on those old reds? I, I don't get a percentage. I when they when they open the doors to one, I get a big check. And somebody asked me one time how, how what was the biggest check I ever got, and I said, "Well, it's about six inches long and about four inches wide." <laughs> <laughs> so you don't talk to him much on the phone anymore. No, you know, he's a he's come a long way. Well, I met Blake. He was 18 years old. And uh, he's a good guy. Uh, he He's just like, if y'all watch that show, The Voice, he's just like he is on that show. Yeah. He likes, he likes to pull pranks, and uh, he likes to drink, you know. And uh, <clears throat> through the, through the, the last, uh, like I said, about the only time I get to see him is when they open up those clubs. And uh, then he still has so many people pulling at him, you know. And uh, but he's still the same old boy. He still remembers us. Uh, when I I went to the video when they done it, and the first he called me and told me about it. He said, "Hey," and and I asked down a cooler full of beer, <laughs> and I did. Went over there, and uh, when they had a few breaks, while we we talked for a few minutes. But uh, you know, Jim, at those kind of things, there ain't. If you're the star, you don't have much time to lollygag around. No, everybody's pulling on you. Yeah. And uh, uh, he always asked me when I see him if I've, if I've got any new songs he ought to hear. And I'd say, yeah. And I, I send them off to somewhere. I don't know if they ever hear them or not, you know. But uh, uh, Blake, Blake Shelton is a good man. He's a, he's definitely a uh, – he's he loves country music and he loves old country music. And uh, he, I think he had John Addison out on tour with him last year a little bit, and maybe the Bellamy Brothers too. But uh, oh, I've cut a, the Bellamy Brothers. I've cut some of their albums. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Blake, well, we need more people in the business like Blake. Sure do. You know, I'm sorry to say that I have not yet to this day met the man, uh, but everything I've heard about him is about like what you're telling me right now. I think I'd really like him. I think he would too. He'd fit right in a he fits right in our crowd, I'll tell you. Oh, we're fitting here, whatever you want to put it. <laughs> That's great, buddy. Well, uh I'm just tickled to death that you've got the song you've got in there with him and all this other's happening. So good for you. Blake wasn't the first one to record that song. First of all, first recording was George Jones. Yeah, I and remember then, that. To record then, what, old red? Yeah. Yeah. Really? And then uh, our buddy Larry Butler, who's now going on to be with the Lord, cut it on Kenny Rogers. And uh, and then uh, Bob Moore recorded it on Johnny Cash. Yeah, that record never came out, but I got to hear it. And uh, one day, I, f I figured that was recorded for Mercury Records. I figured one day they're going to find that album and put it out because <clears throat> it's that, I think they got in a fight, Bob and, and Mercury. And that's, I don't know what happened. But anyway, after Johnny Cash recorded it, uh, Hoyt Ashton recorded it. But Hoyt got sick, and he, he couldn't finish it. But he lived, uh, lived out there close to the Blake, 
And that was when Blake was trying to get going. Hoyt Ashton is actually the one who showed Blake the song. I'll be damned. And yeah, if it, if it hadn't been for Hoyt, I don't know that y'all would even be talking to me right now. Wasn't that uh, Blake's first big hit? No. Uh, actually, his first record was a big hit. It was called Austin, and it stayed at number one for like three weeks. Remember yeah, that record? Austin? I remember that, yeah, now. I, I thought that Old Red, I thought that Old Red came before that one. No. And then they put out a couple more, and they kind of floundered around there, and I never will forget the the album debuted at number one, and the the week they, like I said before, Blake had to fight, fight, fight for Old Red. And the week that they put out uh, Old Red, Blake's album was getting ready to fall out of the charts. It was number 75 in Billboard and on its way out. And uh, they put Old Red out, and I looked at the chart the next week, and it was still there at number 75. And then it started moving up, and it moved back up weeks later back up into the number one slot and uh uh so but somebody did it on the voice here a while back and he told uh the thing he said i didn't know when i do that that song that that would be my that that would be my anthem and uh that was the song that would make my career and that really made me feel good that's the biggest song you wrote right Oh yeah, yeah, by far. Uh, I mean, well, I, I played down here at the Floribama and a couple other little places around here. Last night I played. I had to sing it three times, and uh, uh, people just love it. The kids love it, and uh, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of waiting on the movie. I think it's going to be a movie before too long. Okay, so, that'd be yeah, nice. That would be good, man. Be, I'd like to see The Rock playing that. Yeah, yeah. I always figured old uh, Billy Bob Thornton would make a good warden, you know? Yeah, 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 he would. Yeah, but I don't reckon they're going to ask me none of that. <clears throat> they probably won't. Yeah, you never know, buddy. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh-uh. You never know. You know, I used to play that song way before any of those people that you talked about. Wild yeah. Bill loved to sing that song, and I thought for years that he had wrote it. Yeah, actually, Wild Bill was the first one to record it. I forget about old Bill, uh, but he was the first one, and he did. But, you know, Jim, a lot of people thought he wrote it, but he never said he did. He never you said know? he did, and one day I just asked him, I said, when did you write that? He said, hell, Jim, I didn't write that. He, he said, Mark, Cheryl, and uh, and Bo, and, and uh, there's another boy. and uh, Yeah, and I, I was... I was really surprised that I just, I knew he had wrote it. I just, it just seemed like him, you know, and, and uh, he loved to do it and did it great. Yeah. I saw him down here. You know, you were here too for the Frank Brown yeah. festival. And uh, I went and watched him play. Matter of fact, at one place I got up and, and sang it with him and they, and they, it flipped him out because, you know, we both played guitar upside down and backwards. Yeah. And they <laughs> said, this is some kind of phenomenon to have two straight up guys at the same time doing it. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Jimi Hendrix played like that. I know, yeah. So you're left-handed. Yeah. He's a lot better than I am, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> did you did you start off wanting to be an artist? Is that what happened? 
you know, uh, I kind of did, but then uh, I got I got to watching them artists. You know, they they in and out and on the road all the time, and I never did much care for the road. I was always kind of a uh, kind of a home. I went on the road with Mike Vickery and Elmer Fudbucker for about two years, and that cured me. <laughs> oh Lord, 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 Lord! Scared you right away from it, huh? Yeah, from the road, but uh, but I've always been kind of a homebody. So I, when I found out I could make some money writing songs, that's that's what I what I went to. I had a couple of chances to be a be an artist with Tom Collins. Wanted to record me at one time, and uh, and uh, uh, but I I figured if I if I could never get Billy Shell to record me, I, I wasn't much interested in it. And he never did offer, and I never did say nothing about it. So I just kept writing songs. And uh, but I enjoy singing. Uh, I never did do too much of it up there in Nashville. It's so much trouble. But down here, I like over at the floor band. Well, I just walk in there with my guitar and plug in. I got a good little band. And uh, uh, I enjoy playing and singing. And I, I'm still writing. I got two... Uh, Two songs cut last week by a new fella. His name is Lance LeBlanc. And uh, uh, Billy Lawson up in Muscle Shows, they've started a record company. And he's the one that signed him and recorded it. And so I'm looking forward to hear, hear how that goes. And, uh, you know, a lot of artists come down. They like to come down here and take a little vacation and write. Actually, I'm more done down here than I am was up in Nashville, you know, because of... They want to get away a little bit. So uh, the good Lord's blessing me in my old age, and I, I appreciate that. He just does that to everybody if they realize it. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, uh, invited down with another friend of mine that plays steel guitar down there, Larry, and uh, I'm going to come down and spend uh, about a week. We're going to do some deep-sea fishing and teach him a little more steel. I've been uh, doing some video things for him so he can learn some more things and i'm gonna make yeah. some time for us and if we get a chance to play some i'm gonna bring my guitar with me so if you i'll keep you yeah. posted and uh, maybe we'll do a couple nights together or something i can i can make that happen if you just give me a few days advance i will do that and i might want to spend a night or two with you and the missus and then we'll yeah. sneak you out and do some fishing and we're damn sure yeah. gonna to try to write a couple of songs uh, wouldn't that be wonderful? I can't wait. I want our name on something together, and we need to make it happen, and we're going to do it this year. That'd be better than a piece of double chocolate cake. <laughs> but not with ice cream. Ch with chocolate ice cream on top. <laughs> he didn't say yeah. it'd be better than the ice cream. Now. Just the choc chocolate cake. <laughs> oh, buddy, well, it's so good to talk to you, and I love you, and I'm so proud of you. I just talked yeah. to sis two days ago, and she's doing good. Yeah, I, th I think she's going to work Saturday. Is that right? Do you know about that? Or... I, I, believe, I believe she is out at the Nashville Palace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they're getting ready to open up the John A's back up. I understand they revamping all that. Uh, yeah. Redoing it. So yeah. She'll be back in there. She's a, you know, she's the entertainer of the year this year. I know. That? I'm so proud of her. We're going to do a little pod thing with her too. On the next thing we do. And, uh, um, I'm I'm just really proud of her. Yeah, all oh, me too. I I'll be honest with you, Big Jim. I, I I couldn't have any of the success that I've had if it hadn't been for Diane Cheryl. She she helped me and uh, she uh, 
showed me where to go and what to do, introduced me to so many people such as yourself and put me around good people. And you, Diane Cheryl, she's just a fantastic entertainer, a fantastic sister, and I love her very dearly. I remember coming to me and saying, you know, could I get my brother up to sing a song? I said, well, can he sing? She said, yeah, he does a good job. I said, well, shit, let's get him up and see what he can do. Yeah, he was the first one. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 first on a lot of them things like that. You know, Johnny Rodriguez and John yeah. Anderson, it just the names go on and on. First time they yeah. had a shot on stage like that with that kind of band. And we had a band, yeah. didn't we, buddy? Oh, my goodness, did you have a band. Oh, lordy, lordy. <laughs> I tell you, I ain't heard too many cents that could rival it, to be honest with you. Well, I guarantee you know Paul McCartney come and sit with me one night, and he didn't say band, he said bond. But if yeah. he said it once, he said it 20 times. What a bond. What a bond. You got four pieces <laughs> like me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mark, have you changed your uh, your songwriting techniques and strategy trying to make it fit the younger country music or are you still writing the same way you always did? No, you know, I, I've changed a little bit, but what, what changes me is, uh, hook, getting, getting with younger people, you know, and, uh, trying to, trying to, to, to get into their head and what they like to write. You know, if you don't, everybody loves old country music. Everybody does. But if you don't change, you'll just stay there with it, you know? And, uh, some of these new cuts that I've got, uh, it's because, uh, of the younger people and, and trying to, trying to change a little bit, you know? Well, uh, if you don't adapt, then you fall away. Right. Right. And I really enjoy it. They, they write about, uh, they got different ideas and different things and different melodies. And, uh, sometimes it's, I, I they they drag me along a little bit, but I get kicked in there before it's over with, you know. And uh, but yeah, I, I I love songwriting, and I love. I know a lot of people say it ain't country music no more. Well, it really ain't. But what's what? You know what from yesterday don't change. You know. And, well, Jim, uh, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of us is old Southern rock and roll, you know, and I like that too. You know. Uh, yeah, so, uh, me too. I'm even learning how to rap. Uh-uh. Jim, you hear that? I, I think that we're just about through with Mark Sherrill on this. <laughs> I was just kidding about that part. Uh, and looking at the old clock on the wall. Oh, Lord, my baby. <laughs> well, Mark, well, they grow up and then they talk like that. <laughs> Listen, y'all come see me at the floor by my play down there every Thursday night. And, uh, and bring Jim with you, and uh, we'll we'll have him, somebody get that guitar out of the car for him, and we will play some country music. Three thousand songs you've written. I'm guessing, yeah. That's pretty amazing. We we end every episode with an unbelievable fact, just for the heck of All it. Right. You ready? Ready. All dogs are banned from Antarctica since April 1994. This band was made because of concern that dogs might spread diseases to seals. What do you think about that, Mark? Could you live in Antarctica? You know, I, I live in Florida now. <laughs> uh, no, I ain't going to Antarctica. 
And I got a little old dog here. She thinks she's old red, but she don't weigh but four pounds. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> so, so that's an interesting fact. But damn, I don't believe it. I believe a seal would eat a dog before he he might throw up from eating the dog. <laughs> no, they 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 thought that the dogs would give the seals diseases. Oh, yeah, diseases. Yeah, I, so they banned them. They dogs aren't allowed in Antarctica at all. That's a fact. Well, I'm a dog. Unless you're in Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, it was a pleasure having you. We'll have you on again, and maybe we'll see you in Florida, I know Jim will. Yeah. Maybe I'll see All you right. sometime. All right, boys. Y'all take it easy. I love you. Thank you for your time. And uh, go red. Amen, son. Good to hear your voice, and I'll see you soon, son. God bless you. I love you. I love you. Bye-bye. Ah, thank y'all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project Chats. And a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it. Mark Sherrill. Wow. 3,000 songs written and still going. I hope that uh, they open up a 1,000 old reds. Mark, thanks for being on the show. And thank y'all for listening. God bless all of you. Well, I called my wife with another man and it cost me 99 On a prison farm in Georgia Close to the Florida line Well, I've been here for two long years Finally made the warden my friend Sentenced me to a life of ease Taking care of old Ray and the warden said, come on somebody, why don't you run? Old Red's itching to have a little fun. Get my lantern, get my gun. Red will have you treat for the morning.